Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today, my guest is Jason Crothers. I had Jason on the show to discuss his work on the hit freeform series, Cruel Summer. The show is told over the course of three summers in the 1990s and is about a girl who goes missing and another one who mysteriously takes over her life. We also discuss our shared love of Battlestar Galactica and Jason convinces me to take the plunge on 300 plus episodes of Supernatural. Well, dip my toes in at the very least. We had some technical issues the first time we recorded, so you'll notice an abrupt ending in the first half of our conversation. I could have spliced the two pieces together and made the episode feel like one it all took place at once, um, but there were about four days in between the two conversations, and they felt slightly different from one another, and I'd prefer to expose the warts and all and put out a more honest representation of these two conversations. Or I'm just lazy. And the honesty nonsense is a way to justify my hatred of the editing process. And yet another reason that I'd make a terrible filmmaker. If you'd like to support the podcast, become a subscriber today and you'll get access to all of our new episodes days before non-subscribers, archived episodes over six months old, and exclusive content. Just go to anchor FM slash following films slash subscribe. Big thanks to Jason for taking the time to speak with me twice. And also thanks to Fort Worth for letting me use the song at the end and Bookman's for sponsoring the show. Hope you enjoy it. Um, I have to say, out of all the interviews I've done, this is probably one that I could not have anticipated happening based on the project that I'm going to talk to you about. I didn't think oh? I would be reaching out to anybody to talk to them about Cruel Summer. Uh, as far as something that could be <laughs> further off my radar and something that I would not be interested in. And I mean that as a compliment. Um, I, I take it as a compliment. That's uh, I, 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 if we're being candid, I'm, uh, I'm very pleasantly surprised by how well it's been received. Uh, yeah, it was a very, a lot of it's very unexpected. Well, I mean, this is, it, it's doing a very specific type of thing and that type of thing mm-hmm. that it's doing isn't designed for people like me necessarily. Um, it's, it's as good as that thing can be. And I've actually had a lot of fun watching the show. Um, it's something oh, that's that great. I was sitting down on the couch with my wife one night going through emails and, you know, different pitches that have been sent over. I'm just kind of, you know, closing out the day and mentioned that one. And she was really into that idea of that show. So it's like, Oh, I've never even heard of this mm-hmm. thing. Let's sit down and watch it. And I was shocked. I was really into it. It, it has the performances are solid. It's fun. It knows what it is. It's campy as hell, um, but it, it but it doesn't take itself too seriously in, in that same regard. So I think it's just a lot of there's a lot of fun to be had there. Um, you had so, some similar feelings about it when you first maybe signed on to it. Did you think that this could be something that was uh, bigger? Than- um, it's interesting. I um, I I think my take on it you know, when originally I signed on to it because um, you know, all I had to base it off of you know they did the pilot. Uh, the pilot was done at the, I think the end of 2019. Mm. Um, and then it got picked up for series. Um, I was hired back from like the beginning of like early 2020, um, right before the pandemic shut everything down. So then everything got shut down and it kind of wait, we kind of ended up spending, you know, six, seven months sitting around waiting for it to see what's going to happen. Um, so my only, during that time, like my whole perspective was just the pilot. Um, and I had no idea like where the series would go. It was like, it's like, like everybody's seeing the pilot. I was like, okay, this is a really intriguing concept, a really intriguing setup. 
where the hell might this go? Um, so when I finally came on board, it was, you know, it was one of those, I mean, I, this is not speaking of the show at all, but it's, it's just the reality of like, when you come onto a project, I think every time you come on to any kind of a project, you come on, uh, hoping for the best, expecting the best, but you know, every, I mean, look, despite all the TV I've done, all the movies I've done, when something turns out, well, it is still to this day, a baffling surprise because there are so many people and so many different, there's so many different little ways that a, a movie or a TV show or any kind of project can just kind of go off the rails and fall apart. Um, so when it all kind of works, it's through a combination of hard work and talent and just a lot of dumb universal luck. Um, so coming onto this show, especially, it was like, I was like, okay, this is a really interesting concept. Uh, where do you go with this and how do you keep it interesting for nine episodes? And also it was you know, a really delicate balancing act of how do you do it without making it overly dramatic and like a soap opera how do you do it without it being um like too campy like there were all these different ways you're like a kind of a tightrope of like there's a very it's very it would be very easy for the show to become something else entirely so it's like every day was sort of like a tightrope of like well don't do too much of that and do more of that and lean into that and there's a lot of like self-checking so i i came on board i was like there's a lot of great people involved and i was like this could be fun what i don't think it was until a few episodes in that we're like Oh, not only is this fun, this is actually this is actually pretty good. This actually is working really well. Um, you know, we all it was like every day is like kind of a collective breath holding, I think, and fingers crossed of like, I think we're doing something cool. I think we're doing something people are gonna really like. But also, like I've thought that before and been totally wrong. <laughs> so it it really wasn't until like I think like the third or fourth episode had aired, you know, it was like, oh, the ratings are going up. Oh, people seem to really be into it. Okay, yeah. I guess this is working. Yeah, but even I mean, even like you know, working like you know, I mean, even like you know, before the finale aired, like doing work in the finale, you know, it was like I think this is cool still, but I'm still not a hundred percent sure. Is this working? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, it, it's kind of when you're in the middle of things. I assume that it's hard to judge them, but I was shocked. You have no when, perspective. Yeah, yeah, and I and the thing that I kept thinking of when I first started watching this for some reason, and then I kind of got my head around it. Um, I, the, obviously the the structure feels like something that you would see in a novel. Very common when you're reading mm -hmm. a book to see something like this, but to see it in a TV show, it's actually very unusual. And then my thought was that the, if it if you weren't careful that this approach, it could really fall apart under that particular approach that that stylistic choice, the, if the execution wasn't handled properly, it could really fall apart. And then I kept thinking about twin peaks. And the reason that I thought about it was because it, I had the similar feeling when I first started watching that show um, back in the late eighties, it was that if you were really concerned with the Laura Palmer angle of it, and you weren't wrapped up in the characters, mm -hmm. you were going to lose interest in the show and it just wouldn't work for you. And I think that you moved yeah. into that territory where you're more the, the what happened is interesting and it's the little reveals are fun, the little nuggets there, but really the character work is what makes the show compelling to me. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I think, I mean, look, everybody works really hard, but so much of that show is, is, is carried by the characters. I mean, at the end of the day, I look and go like, look, you can have, you can have a show that that's executed, executed incredibly well and looks very polished and has is firing on all cylinders. If you don't care about the characters, you know, like then you don't have a, you don't have a, a movie, you don't have a show, you don't have a book. Like storytelling is fundamentally about characters. Like it's really, I, I've always kind of believed like it's about, it's about characters because even the events themselves, you're like, if you have really interesting characters, if you could take an incredibly fascinating character 
and describe them, you know, making coffee in the morning. <laughs> that by itself, the story is not terribly interesting, but you're so invested in that compelling character that you're like, oh, well, I'm invested in the character, less what they're doing. So this is very much a show that you're like, great, so much, everything's kind of, so much is being carried and relying upon interesting dynamic characters that people care about. Um, and again, we got so lucky, like our whole cast is, is one of those things where like every day, like especially in the first episode or so, you're cat, you know, new, you've never worked with this cast before, you're coming and you're like, oh, you're going to play these characters. And it's like, again, like for me, it's kind of the collective breath holding of like, all right, let's do a rehearsal. And you're like, oh, please be good. Please be good. Please be good. And you're like, <laughs> oh shit, they're great. They're great. Okay, great. Next actor come in. And, you know, you realize like we have a great cast and everybody did an amazing job and everybody understood their character and everybody, and there was such great feedback between the showrunner and the producer and writers about what these characters were and where the story was and where it was going. Um, you bring up an interesting point too that I, I think is really interesting, which is the structure was something that we talked about um, over and over again, both all during prep before we started shooting, but also as we started shooting, but especially a lot of it was, you know, look, there's a lot of like time jumping back and forth written in the script in the edit a lot of that thing, a lot of those things, you know, got moved around for narrative purposes and sometimes got even more aggressive in the editing. And so there were a lot of discussions about that kind of also informed um, a lot of photographic choices, but like, what do these three time periods look like? Also, it got into, there was a lot of things about in terms of pacing and editorial decisions in terms of like, how do we make a, a clever transition from point eight, you know, from, from 93 to 95, and we've started to realize early on, we're like, look, if we're not, if we don't find a way to have this language be really clear, then we're going to have to put, you know, titles on every single scene, which is just going to get uh, you know, obnoxious, annoying. We can't do that. So there was a lot of discussion, a lot of work uh, with the producers about, you know, the studios about how do we, how do we find something that's stylistically different so people know where they are, but not so over the top that we're like beating people over the head with the style. Um, and that the style becomes like part of the show. So there was a lot of discussion in there. Um, and again, like the very first episode, you know, as we're shooting, we're like, ah, we think this is working. We're not sure. Like I, I had a lot of trepidation the first episode because every day I'm watching dailies. I'm like, I think it's working, but until I see it all actually come together, you know, and I think when we saw the first cut, we're like, oh, okay. Okay. We're not stupid. These decisions are working. Okay. We, we didn't screw this all up. Well, and you, it's it's great the way that those transitions are handled because it's all departments are helping to tell, tell that story because it's it's costume, it's set design, it's the visuals, it's the performances. There's all these mm. diff, the makeup, everything is informing that in ways that you're like, you're, you're right. It's not beating them over the head. Now there's times when those transitions are really big and their intentions. Yeah. One of the biggest laughs exactly. show comes from a transition to me. Um, so which one is that? I'm curious. It's the, when she wakes up in the morning and it's, I think this is the moment that I got on board with it. The show is like, this is borderline absurd and yet it still works. It shouldn't work as well as it does. And it's that, that balance that you're talking about where uh, the lawyer, the dad shows up in the room on her birthday and says, the lawyer is there to see her and it's, Oh, which one? And so, and it's the way that she delivers that line in that moment because it's comedic. um, But there's also that, well, Things have gone really south here. The dad looks totally yeah, different. Yeah. The room looks totally different. And it's working on all those different levels, but it's just fun at the same time. And so it never yeah. felt like it was beating that down. And that's really, at the end of the day, that's all these things helping to inform that performance. Everything's building up to support that. And I think that that's not the kind of conversation I would be expecting to have about a show like this. 
No, that, I mean, that's great to hear. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, I think for me, and I'm, I'm going to be so bold to speak for everybody else, you know, obviously it's like, right, we're making a, a drama and we're making a thriller. Um, you know, but early on, I was like, I was like, look, our audience, you know, because it's it's primarily about, you know, very young people, but teenagers who are like, look, our audience is, you know, our target audience, like I'm a, I'm a 42-year-old guy, like I'm not the target audience. Um, I was like, so for me going on, I was like, tonally and i think everybody kind of read it was like tonally we're like we didn't want something that was exceptionally heavy even though you know as you go throughout the story you start getting into you know like abuse and you start getting into grooming and like you start getting you know like and you know deeply inappropriate sexual romantic relationships like there's surprisingly a lot of like pretty heavy serious topics that get addressed but i think tonally it was a matter of like you know look we're not we're not making the movie seven we're not making the show ozark like there's some heavy stuff in here, but we don't want to treat it. You know, we don't want to treat it lightly. We also don't want to be like overly saturated everybody. And they're like, wow, things suck. Everything sucks. Like there is a certain kind of lightheartedness to things. There's a certain kind of fun to things. Um, and I think that's also important to find that balance of things have to be lighthearted and fun so that when you get to the heavy stuff, it's, it very much feels like a jarring offset. It's like, you need to go like, Hey, she's being groomed. Hey, she's being sexually abused. Hey, She's being kidnapped and held against her will. Well, that impact, I think, only works if prior to that, you see teenagers being teenagers and screwing around in the mall and being goofy and having like a lot of fun with things or, you know, being at the fair. Like you need to have some of that offset stuff to make the heavier stuff to land without making it feel too heavy. Then you're like, well, that's a different, that's just a different show then. Yeah. And it's, um, but it, it does that without ever being insulting to the subject matter on one way or the other. Sure. Yeah. Because you can, you can either play it too light and not give it the weight that it deserves, but you can also overdo it where it's uh, okay. Hang on. We're stopping the show. Uh, Now there's a moment where we're going to, everybody learns a very important lesson. Let's all get up on our soapbox and let's talk for a few minutes about this important. Yeah. yeah. And because at the end of the day is this is, this is entertainment. Um, even though it is handling some pretty he- you know, heavy subjects, but I think that it does it in a way that it's not insulting and yet it's not uh, preachy at the same time. That that's tough to do um, that, that right there. I, that's, yeah. Uh, that's, I, I, I hope that people appreciate it. And, you know, there's probably people that are 12, 13 years old that are seeing this uh, for the first time. This is something that they're watching and they have no idea how special this is probably to have something like, yeah. This, so. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Cause I think that was, um, although never spoken in that, those direct terms, I feel like every day that was, you know, between the cast and the directors and our producers, that was a constant balance of trying to find like, all right, we need to treat this seriously. Um, but also like not, not go too heavy handed on it. Like it's find that back. Like you said, it's like find that, that tightrope balance of don't go too far this way. Don't go too far that way. Cause it, you know, when you're, when you're dealing, I think with what's fundamental on paper, you go, okay, it's a teenage thriller drama, you know, it takes place in high school in the nineties, you know, you're like <laughs> this show, I think could have very easily turned into, you know, turned into something that's like over the top melodrama or something that's super lighthearted that, has no emotional stakes to it so i think everybody going in was like yeah we it could very easily be one of those shows um nothing not to be ill of those types of shows but 
Um, but I think everybody was conscious of like, yeah, we don't, we don't really want to make that version. We want to make something that's tougher. We want to make something that's a little challenging. We want to make something that tries to find a balance and be something that's kind of uniquely its own while still being familiar enough that people aren't totally thrown by it. Um, yeah, I think that's part of the reason why I say, or why I said earlier, why I'm kind of surprised. I was like, you know, every day I'm like, I think this is working, but I'm not really, you know, so every time you see an episode, you're like, oh no, it's still working. And yeah, that was basically five months of going, I think this is working. I hope this is working. I'm not sure if it's working. Oh, it is working. Okay, great. And I think that people that are our age, I'm 44. Um, when Mm. you're watching this for the first time, there is a little bit where we might give it a little bit of a pass at first because there's the nostalgia angle, which is so strange to think of 1994. You and me both, buddy. <laughs> and, and so, and then you, I did not think go, of this as a period show. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, the night!" Like I, I can tell you, the re- when I when it dawned to me was when one of her cast members was standing there, like they're like, "I don't know, is this like is this is this outfit appropriate?" Like I just don't know. And I was like, I was like, "It's very appropriate." Like, are you sure? And I was like, I was in high school as the actual age that your character is playing in this year that you're playing it. So trust me, yes, that outfit's appropriate. And they're like, oh, wow. And in my head, I was like, oh, it's, wow. I'm making a period the, show. <laughs> the, the, the two friends, I, I, I can't remember their names offhand, that um, kind of transition between the two that turn their backs on either set of friends. Um, they see the two Oh, Janelle Renee, yeah. Thank you. They're the ones that yeah. definitely wear the burden of the fashion of the time more than probably oh, anybody yeah, yeah. else in the show. Yeah. And but everything they're wearing, it's like, yep, yeah, I, I I remember that. God. A lot of flannel. Yeah, the flannel phase. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, but I mean that's that's also I, I think that's part of the fun too, is is the um it's interesting because you know, there's definitely a nostalgia aspect of it. You're like, yeah. oh, isn't that cute? Like you know, like a, a walkman, you know, like that's you know, isn't that adorable? And um but I mean, really, I think also the 90s, I think a big part of the 90s that also helped, it was, it was an interesting concept, was um, it, this show kind of, to a certain extent, only exists in that time period. Because the minute you take the same story and jump it forward 10 years, you're like, cell phones. Like, this, none of this, like, suddenly this show, like, the dynamics of how this show works and the information gets relayed completely changes 10 years later. Um, so I think it's there's definitely like a certain, like you can latch onto a certain kind of nostalgia where for our age, we're like, Oh, we can recognize that. And I think for a younger audience, it's like, Oh, the nineties, you know, isn't that, you know, isn't that quaint, you know, <laughs> like they had a Walkman, you know, or they had like a VHS camera, you know? Um, yeah. But I think it's also like, obviously there's a major story point, a story point there, which is, yeah, take the story, jump it forward, you know, 10 years or so. And suddenly you don't have a show or you have a very different or a much shorter show. Well, I think you can, referring to the nineties as quaint, I, I would have thought that would never happen having lived through it. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, was it two days ago? I was, um, I was actually out in public, which is wonderful that you can do that again and walking around with yeah. other people. And I saw a teenager with a tie dyed Nirvana shirt on. It's like, Oh yeah, I, mm-hmm. I guess that is how that's viewed now. Um, okay. All right. F- fair enough. That, that's really exactly. Cool. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, oh, these are now, these are not like antiques, you know, or relics. Um, it was interesting too, because the show, I mean, every, you know, again, it was a real challenge for, like, you know, our costume department. Because suddenly like, oh, we have to source or make, you know, clothes that 
are time appropriate, but feel new and don't feel like, you know, they're, they're clothes that have actually been around for 25 some odd years. Um, strangely, one of the biggest challenges for the show in terms of time period were picture vehicles, right? Cars. Yeah. Because, you know, for us, you're like, oh, okay, we need time appropriate cars. You're like, well, if the show takes place in 93, you know, assuming, you know, even if they don't have a brand new car, go, okay, you know, let's say the model is 1990. You're like, oh, we're now trying to find a car that is cars that are 30 years old, still running, but don't look like they're 30 years old. Um, that actually proved to be a real big challenge in the show because we could only find a select number of oh, cars. Hilarious. Um, so it became, again, it's like these little things you never think about. And it's like, so it's actually, if you, um, I'm not sure if I should share this, but uh, if you go back and watch the show, start watching carefully, you'll notice, you'll start to see, if you, if you start really paying attention to the background, you'll start seeing the same cars getting shuffled in different orders because we had so few cars we could source. <laughs> That makes God, you know, that that's one of those things that you wouldn't think of in setting this. Exactly. Because, because it's the cars that would that are from 30, 40 years ago, you know, that are gonna be still God, I mean, the nineties themselves, cars just it was kind of a bad period for cars anyway, the late eighties, yeah, early exactly, 90s. yeah. <laughs> the, you know, the Mustangs were horrible at that point in time, but not every kid yeah. had those cars. Uh, so yeah, you know realistically when i was in high school we were driving chevy chevettes from like the mid 80s yep. and stuff like that and you nail it yep. with the minivan and, and and that's what i'm saying is like you know we're used to going like oh we're driving cars from the mid to late 80s so you know you're going like great we've got cars we're now looking for cars that are 30 who's, plus years old who's gonna which have that anybody that ha- exactly well anybody who has those cars they've you know they're like oh this is you know an antique now you're like <laughs> damn it that's an that is that's an antique car now that's a that's a 35 year old car yeah um my, yeah my so it's like it's it just it's, it's, it's my, interesting yeah. you don't think of the show as a period show but you go oh yeah the early 90s that's 25 years ago we are making essentially we're making a period piece which you know again i i it's a testament to such a great crew because everybody was firing all kind of cylinders you know, but you stand on set sometimes, you're like, oh, no, we're making a period film. Like, you don't think of it, you know, you think a period film is like, you know, costume dramas, you know, like in the 1400s or something. You're like, that's a period film. Sure. This had all the same challenges of like wardrobe and hairstyles and props. You know, same thing, like you get to props, like, oh, they're having dinner. You're like, oh, we need yes. cookware that's 35, 40 years old. Like, those are either you know if you're lucky those are like a salvation army or like you have to manufacture those things like we got it was really interesting during prep i was like oh we our crew like everybody on the show was just so great and you're like oh we're yeah everybody we're making a period film or period show that's hilarious that i and it's something that kind of like everything else in the show if you're not paying attention to it you can take this show for granted and that's what's so really unique and special about this you know you think of a costume drama period piece show if you think of i mean even something that you know kind of is in that campy slightly trashy way if you think of something like outlander that's going to draw attention to itself because of what they're trying Mm -hmm. to do the work that's going on there and it's not that there isn't as much work being done on a show like yours it's just it doesn't call attention to itself in the same way and so i think it could get overlooked which i'm also being frankly i'm grateful for like i um I mean, I think the minute you, if you, I feel like, you know, I mean, this is a broad generalization, but I, I think if you're paying attention to things like that, mm. then I feel like either as, as storytellers, 
you're leaning into the spectacle and showing off a little bit, um, which, you know, sometimes we do, um, or it's because your story or performances or characters are just not that compelling. So suddenly you're like, oh, if this isn't compelling, then people are going to try to find something else to get invested in. So if anything, I, I'm grateful, you know, when people are like, oh, I never thought about that way, or I never noticed these things. I'm like, great, you shouldn't notice them. Because if you're not noticing them, that means that we've done something right, so you can just get invested in story and characters. So like, that's a great thing, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I'm grateful when people are go oh, i never noticed that i'm like good and that means we did our job and we just we hit and like my job is to try to as much as possible try to hide my work in the background i think that's what all of our jobs are like you should see a set not you know if you look and go like oh that's an amazing piece of furniture you're like oh, okay then we're probably doing something wrong or there's something wrong with the show like nobody should notice those things they should be invested in the story so i'm uh, I, I take that as a, a great compliment that nobody notices those types of things well, and it's something that I'm people that I watch far more television and film than most the average person. And I'm sure um, I take an analytic approach to viewing things. And when I can get wrapped up in something and lose that train and not see those things, even though I'm intentionally looking for it, I'm looking for camera setups and I'm watching the way that you're approaching different characters. And if you're trying to tell me something through whether you're going handheld or you're putting it on sticks, if you're trying to tell me something through that, I'm paying attention to that. And I'm trying to see that. And when I lose that, that really, if I'm just that wrapped up in it, that's a great sign to me. And, and the vast majority of the time, I'm just watching this show, but then there's these times where I'm like, Oh, Oh, that was clever. Look what they did. You know, I think of the fair, the carnival sequence in that. That's a beautiful episode. I mean, there's so Thank much you. great imagery in there and, and again, it's going to, it's something that you're jumping. It's not only are you jumping styles um, for each year, but then each time of that year that you're going into it's each season seems to have its own style as well. So you're progressing the style as it moves on. And it's really something that's quite special. Thank you. Yeah. yeah no, and I appreciate Yeah. There's um, uh, yeah, there was a lot of like during prep, we, again, there was like so many discussions about what the different like, looks would be the different styles um just the, the different approaches to work it wasn't just you know it's like it was lighting it was color and it was uh camera movement and composition what types of camera movement we kind of came up with the whole i guess a visual bible so to speak of like look these are the broad rules like in this year you know this year we'll have you know can have handheld this year we won't do any handheld this year we'll try to do almost no camera movement at all like we had certain visual cues designated for each year and then as the show started progressing the further the deeper we got into the show then it became like okay now we have opportunities to start we have opportunities to start violating some of our own rules and start crossing certain things in like i i think in the finale um we started doing some handheld stuff in the 1995 scenes um that we had never done you know like handheld was was kind of we were like we're not doing any handheld frame of the 1995 scenes it wasn't until the finale, like the director and I, Bill Purple, who's also a producing director, you were like, okay, yeah, but this is, you know, narratively, this is starting to tie into a different type of energy here. So now, narratively, we should start taking rules and going, let's break these rules, or let's cross these rules over. Um, or let's start taking 95 sections to start adding some more warmth back into them as we start to get more of a sense of hope, because we haven't had any kind of warmth to anything since, since the, uh, 1993. So there was a lot of you know every episode i had like all these different flow charts of like all right so 
where this scene is this year and editorially it's going to cut to this year. So there's a lot of discussion about like, yeah, it's going to cut from this shot to this shot. That's how we're going to make this transition. And then color wise, wardrobe wise, you know, lighting wise, there was just a lot of, there's a lot of discussion during prep and on set about, hold on, we actually can't block the scene that way because it's going to, the scene that comes right before it is going to be this. So actually we should block the scene this way to, to make that jump between these two time periods smoother for the audience. Um, and for the most part, I, I think we we're largely successful and a lot of it's invisible, I, I hope. And then sometimes, yeah, there are absolutely moments where like, okay, no, this is definitely something like we're going to, we're going to make a moment out of this. I mean, like the finale uh, is a great example. And the finale, you know, there's something in the a sequence in the finale where like, no, no, we're going to make, we're going to wear this transition very much on our sleeve. <laughs> but it was, it was interesting because yeah, there was a discussion about like, is it too heavy handed? And our, you know, our argument to that was it's exceptionally heavy. It's very, I mean, it's a very big, very obvious thing, but also it's a story point that we've been teasing for, for the entire season. Like this, you know, like this is a story point reveal that like, look, we've made people wait, you know, nine episodes for the answer to this question. And we're about to answer, you know, who is Annabelle? What really happened? Like we're about to answer all these questions in this scene. So yeah, we're going to lean into it and go, here's the big moment. And we want to make sure you're, we want to make sure you're paying attention so you don't miss anything. Um, and again, it's great. Like we can go like, okay, we'll be subtle, we'll be subtle, we'll be subtle. And here's a moment we've earned. I think we've earned the right in some moments to go, we're not going to be subtle and we're not going to be subtle for a, a very specific story reason, not just to show off and go, oh, isn't this cool and fun? Well, when you're being intentional with a big swing like that, the audience will go along with you. If you're taking that yeah. big a swing over small minor moments, the audience, you you have no regulation. You have no self-control in that way. You're not being thoughtful in it. And the audience will push back against it because we have this big push towards something. It's almost like when you get to the third act of a horror film, and I'm, I'm a big genre guy, I love horror films. Sure. But when you get to the third act and all it's had is jump scares and no character, there's not there's not a lot of, a lot of fuel left in the tank at that point. Yeah. You've been burned it, out on it. And at that point, it's it's one, you're like, oh, it's another jump scare. So you've already burned out that tactic. But also, more importantly, you're like, I'm actually not scared because I don't care about these people. <laughs> yeah. And that's for yeah. me, that's always like for you know, my wife is a huge fan, a huge fan of that genre. Um, and so we watch them quite frequently. And we were just watching a couple the other day. And, and I was like, oh, I'm really invested in this because the filmmaking is clever. But also, I was like, I actually care about the characters. So there's like an emotional stake at the end. We're like, there is a jump scare. You're like, oh, it's scary because I care about these characters as opposed to, oh, that's the blonde guy. Or that, you know, that's this is generic blonde guy. Like, I don't care about that person. Um, and actually, it's interesting, kind of piggyback when you just said, um, again, I think, yeah, I think when you, I think there's also some of that is when you make big swings for things that aren't that important. For me, and I'm getting, I'm going to speak for myself. Um, look, I'm guilty. Like, we're all guilty of doing that in our work at some point. Sometimes I feel like when I, if there's an inclination or there's like a, oh, let's do this thing that feels, you know, stylistic or feels big or bold for something so small. In my opinion, I've always, I've usually found it to be because we have a, a lack of faith in the material where you look and go like, look, the, this scene is not very good, you know, or this scene's just not working or, you know, this character, this performance, if it's a movie, sometimes it's like the entire movie. We just don't have a lot of faith in like, 
So I think sometimes it's when you have concerns or lack of, of confidence or faith in something, you're like, all right, maybe we need to dress it up a little bit. Um, I think that's all. You know, that goes into the whole thing of like you know, unmotivated, unmotivated camera movement. You know, it's like, well, yeah. you know, this scene is not very interesting. Well, let's let's move the camera. You're like, okay, we're moving the camera. There's no reason. Oh, no, the reason is because the scene is boring, or we don't have faith that the audience is willing to just sit here and watch this. Um, and yeah, so that was another big thing. It was like uh, on Cruel Summer. It was like every time we talked about doing camera movement, it was like, no, let's. Let's all take a moment and go, why are we moving the camera? If there's a story purpose, if there's a narrative purpose, if there's a, you know, if it's a blocking thing, like we have to go with, you know, from point A to point B, that makes sense. But if it's like, well, let's just do this cool move. It's like, well, no, it's, if we feel the need to do a cool move, then it means something else is not working and we're trying to cover it up. So let's not cover it up. Let's actually solve what the actual issue is. Um, it's something I'm really grateful for, for the show is like, there was never, there's very little, very rarely was ever a discussion about like, let's just arbitrarily move the camera because there is a lot of faith in the material we're making. Well, I mean, you could take the two extreme examples of, and I'm only going to put these next to each other because just for the exact purpose of pointing something out. Um, if you look at the camera movements in a Michael Bay movie versus something like my dinner with Andre, um, they're mm -hmm. probably in the opening sequence of any one of his films within 30 seconds, it moves more than anything in that film. And yet you'll never have that same kind of investment in those characters that you would in the latter film, just because you don't spend that kind of time, but he's also not trying to make that movie and that's okay. He's doing a very specific yeah. thing and that's fine. It's um, there's some people that believe that the style is substance. I, I tend to fall on the other side where I prefer story. I, I'd much rather have a, either a compelling narrative or at the very least compelling, probably more compelling characters. And it sounds like you're in the, same page and the people at cruel it's interesting too it, it's interesting side note i think this may be the only time i've ever heard those two filmmakers put together in the same conversation so kudos <laughs> to that um uh slow clap um but uh by the way i really want to see michael bay remake that movie now because that i would definitely watch i'd be fascinated by that um but i um uh you know it's interesting i i, I have a I mean, look, like I have a soft spot for like Michael Bay movies. Um, I mean, I think we could have an argument. You know, there's a lot of discussion, I think, about, you know, like style as substance. Um, I think some, what I enjoy about a Michael, Maybe, a Michael Bay movie is, is one, I mean, as a filmmaker, I can watch those and go, there is an enormous amount of work and skill and talent. You know, like that, like the type of things he does, you're like, that is exceptionally complicated. So from, from just that point of view, I can definitely appreciate them. For me, I go, yeah, sometimes, you know, it's like I, you know. Today's episode of the following films podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. If you live in Arizona, you know, Bookman's, there are six locations and it's by far one of the best places to go. If you're looking for books, vinyl, movies, instruments, video games, home decor, or really anything else it's a great place to start when you're looking to support a local store in the community it's a one-stop location for arts culture and entertainment in fact i went there this week uh looking for some david lynch i've been on a big david lynch kick lately i got the twin peaks box set from my brother-in-law this year and i've been revisiting that and when I got that, I realized there's quite a few holes in my uh, collection where there's a lot of his stuff that I don't have. And 
I went there thinking, well, there's so many of his movies that I don't have. I'm sure there's a chance I'll find something. And wouldn't you know it? I went in and found a Blu-ray copy of the Criterion disc of Eraserhead, which was pretty much the top of the list of the David Lynch films that I wanted to get that and Inland Empire. They had it right there for it. So I was able to pick that up this week and I was so excited and I'm something I'm going to be able to share with my wife because she's never seen it. And I'm sure she's going to hate me for it when I actually show her this film. Cause if you haven't seen Eraserhead, um, it's definitely not for everyone. Um, David Lynch is one of those filmmakers who makes films that for the most part, um, are for a very specific type of audience. But then every once in a while he would do something like the straight story, which is this rated G film about a guy driving across the Texas, I think maybe it's Oklahoma. I can't somewhere flat, um, driving across the country on a tractor and then, or he'll do the elephant man. And he does these completely straight, normal, um, middle of the road films. But then it seems like most of the stuff that he is known for is the blue velvet side of things. He's known for twin peaks and, you know, Inland empire that I mentioned before. And these bizarre, surreal fever dream, uh, fever dream logic type films and one of my favorite filmmakers and I was able to put one of my favorite films uh, of his on my wall into my collection because I stopped by Bookman's this week and it's something that if you go to Bookman's you'll realize immediately that Bookman's has your cool covered get back to the interview hope you enjoy the rest of the show thanks hey Jason how are you today Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm so sorry. I don't know what was going on with Zoom. I've been fighting with it for like the last six minutes here, trying to get it to open. So uh, that's that's actually that. quite all right. Right, at, uh, like t- like five minutes before, I was like, all right, I'm just going to check to make sure everything's working. I was like, no, it's not working. No, it's not working. <laughs> so I had the same issue. <laughs> okay, good. Maybe there was something yeah no, happening no. going on there. Um, I have to say, out of all the interviews I've done. This is probably one that I could not have anticipated happening based on the project that I'm going to talk to you about. I didn't think oh? I would be reaching out to anybody to talk to them about Cruel Summer uh, as far as something that could be <laughs> further off my radar and something that I would not be interested in. And I mean that as a compliment. Um, I, I take it as a compliment. That's uh, I, 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 if we're being candid, I'm uh, I'm very pleasantly surprised by how well it's been received uh yeah it was a very a lot of it's very unexpected well i mean this is it it's doing a very specific type of thing and that type of thing mm. that it's doing isn't designed for people like me necessarily um it's, it's as good as that thing can be and i've actually had a lot of fun watching the show um it's something oh, that that's great i was sitting down on the couch with my wife one night going through emails and you know, different pitches that have been sent over. I'm just kind of, you know, closing out the day and mentioned that one. And she was really into that idea of that show. So it's like, oh, I've never even heard of this thing. Let's sit down and watch it. And I was shocked. I was really into it. It has, the performances are solid. It's fun. It knows what it is. It's campy as hell. Um, but it, it, but it doesn't take itself too seriously in that same regard. So I think it's just a lot of, there's a lot of fun to be had there. Um, you had some similar feelings about it when you first maybe signed on to it. Did you think that this could be something that was uh, bigger? Than- um, it's interesting. I, um, I, I think my take on it, you know, when originally when I signed on to it, because um, you know, all I had to base it off of, you know, they did the pilot 
the pilot was done at the, I think the end of 2019. Mm. Um, and then it got picked up for series. Um, I was hired back from like the beginning of like early 2020, um, right before the pandemic shut everything down. So then everything got shut down and it kind of wait, we kind of ended up spending, you know, six, seven months sitting around waiting for to see what's going to happen. Um, so my only, during that time, like my whole perspective was just the pilot. Um, and I had no idea like where the series would go. It was like, it's like, like everybody seeing the pilot. I was like, okay, this is a really intriguing concept, a really intriguing setup. Where the hell might this go? Um, so when I finally came on board, it was, you know, it was one of those, I mean, I, this is not speaking of the show at all, but it's, it's just the reality of like, when you come onto a project, I think every time you come on to any kind of project, you come on, uh, hoping for the best, expecting the best, but you know, every, I mean, look, despite all the TV I've done, all the movies I've done, when something turns out well, it is still to this day a baffling surprise because there are so many people and so many different, there's so many different little ways that a, a movie or a TV show or any kind of project can just kind of go off the rails and fall apart. Um, so when it all kind of works, it's through a combination of hard work and talent and just a lot of dumb universal luck. Um, so coming onto this show, especially, I was like, I was like, okay, this is a really interesting concept. Uh, where do you go with this, and how do you keep it interesting for nine episodes? And also, it was you know, a really delicate balancing act of how do you do it without making it overly dramatic and like a soap opera. How do you do it without it being um, like too campy? Like there were all these different ways. You're like a, kind of a tightrope of like there's a very it's very it would be very easy for the show to become something else entirely so it's like every day was sort of like a tightrope of like well don't do too much of that and do more of that and lean into that and there's a lot of like self-checking so i i came on board i was like there's a lot of great people involved and i was like this could be fun what i don't think it was until a few episodes in that were like oh not only is this fun this is actually this is actually pretty good this actually is working really well um you know we all it was like every day is a kind of a collective breath holding i think and fingers crossed of like I think we're doing something cool. I think we're doing something people are going to really like, but also like I've thought that before and been totally wrong. <laughs> so it, it really wasn't until like, I think like the third or fourth episode it aired, you know, it was like, Oh, the ratings are going up. Oh, people seem to really be into it. Okay. Yeah. I guess this is working. Yeah. But even, I mean, even like, you know, working like, you know, I mean, even like, you know, before the finale aired, like doing work in the finale, you know, it was like, I think this is cool still, but I'm still not a hundred percent sure. Is this working? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Well, it, it's kind of when you're in the middle of things, I assume that it's hard to judge them, but I was shocked. You have no when, perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and the thing that I kept thinking of when I first started watching this for some reason, and I kind of got my head around it. Um, I, the, obviously the, the structure feels like something that you would see in a novel, very common when you're reading mm -hmm. a book to see something like this, but to see it in a TV show, it's actually very unusual. And then my thought was that the, if it if you weren't careful that this approach it could really fall apart under that particular approach that that stylistic choice the if the execution wasn't handled properly it could really fall apart and then I kept thinking about Twin Peaks and the reason that I thought about it was because I had the similar feeling when I first started watching that show um, back in the late eighties it was that if you were really concerned with the Laura Palmer angle of it and you weren't wrapped up in the characters, mm -hmm. you were going to lose interest in the show and it just wouldn't work for you. And I think that you move yeah. into that territory where you're more the, the what happened is interesting and it's the little reveals are fun. The little nuggets there, but really the character work is what makes the show compelling to me. 
hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I think, I mean, look, everybody works really hard, but so much of that show is, is, is carried by the characters. I mean, at the end of the day, I look and go like, look, you can have, you can have a show that that's executing, executing incredibly well and looks very polished and has firing on all cylinders. If you don't care about the characters, you know, like then you don't have a, you don't have a, a movie, you don't have a show, you don't have a book. Like storytelling is fundamentally about characters. Like it's really, I, I've always kind of believed like it's about, it's about characters because even the events themselves, you're like, if you have really interesting characters, like you could take an incredibly fascinating character and describe them, you know, making coffee in the morning. <laughs> that by itself, the story is not terribly interesting, but you're so invested in that compelling character that you're like, oh, well, I'm invested in the character, less what they're doing. So this is very much a show that you're like, great, so much, everything's kind of, so much is being carried and relying upon interesting dynamic characters that people care about. Um, and again, we got so lucky, like our whole cast is, is one of those things where like every day, like especially in the first episode or so, you're cat, you know, new, you've never worked in this cast before you're coming and you're like, oh, you're going to play these characters. And it's like, again, like for me, it's kind of the collective breath holding of like, all right, let's do a rehearsal. And you're like, oh, please be good. Please be good. Please be good. And you're like, <laughs> oh shit, they're great. They're great. Okay, great. Next actor come in. And, you know, you realize like we have a great cast and everybody did an amazing job and everybody understood their character and everybody, and there was such great feedback between the showrunner and the producer and writers about what these characters were and where the story was and where it was going. Um, you bring up an interesting point too that I, I think is really interesting, which is the structure was something that we talked about um, over and over again, both all during prep before we started shooting, but also as we started shooting, but especially a lot of it was, you know, look, there's a lot of like time jumping back and forth written in the script in the edit a lot of that thing, a lot of those things, you know, got moved around for narrative purposes, and sometimes got even more aggressive in the editing. And so there were a lot of discussions about that. Kind of also informed um, a lot of photographic choices. But like, what do these three time periods look like? Also, it got into there was a lot of things about in terms of pacing and editorial decisions in terms of like how do we make a a clever transition from point eight, you know, from from ninety three to ninety five. And we've started to realize early on, we're like, well, look, if we're not, if we don't find a way to have this language be really clear, then we're going to have to put, you know, titles on every single scene, which is just going to get uh, you know, obnoxious, annoying. We can't do that. So there was a lot of discussion, a lot of work uh, with the producers about, you know, in the studios about how do we, how do we find something that's stylistically different so people know where they are, but not so over the top that we're like beating people over the head with the style. Um, and that the style becomes like part of the show. So there was a lot of discussion in there. Um, and again, like the very first episode, you know, as we're shooting, we're like, ah, we think this is working. We're not sure. Like I, I had a lot of trepidation the first episode because every day I'm watching dailies. I'm like, I think it's working, but until I see it all actually come together, you know, and I think when we saw the first cut, we're like, oh, okay. Okay. We're not stupid. These decisions are working. Okay. We, we didn't screw this all up. Well, and you, it's it's great the way that those transitions are handled because it's all departments are helping to tell, tell that story because it's it's costume, it's set design, it's the visuals, it's the performances. There's all these mm. diff, the makeup, everything is informing that in ways that you're like, you're, you're right. It's not beating them over the head. Now there's times when those transitions are really big and their intentions. Yeah. One of the biggest laughs exactly. show comes from a transition to me. Um, so which one is that? I'm curious. It's the, when she wakes up in the morning and it's, I think this is the moment that I got on board with it. The show I was like, this is, 
borderline absurd and yet it still works. It shouldn't work as well as it does. And it's that, that balance that you're talking about where uh, the lawyer, the dad shows up in the room on her birthday and says, the lawyer is there to see her and it's, Oh, which one? And so, and it's the way that she delivers that line in that moment because it's comedic. um, But there's also that, well, things have gone really South here. The dad looks totally different. The room looks totally different. And it's working on all those different levels, but it's just fun at the same time. And so it never yeah. felt like it was beating that down. And that's really, at the end of the day, that's all these things helping to inform that performance. Everything's building up to support that. And I think that that's not the kind of conversation I would be expecting to have about a show like this. No, that, I mean, that's great. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think for me, and I'm, I'm going to be so bold to speak for everybody else. You know, obviously it's like, right, we're making... A drama and we're making a thriller um you know but early on i was like i was like look our audience you know, because it's it's primarily about you know very young people but teenagers who are like look our audience is you know our target audience like i'm a, I'm a 42 year old guy like i'm not the target audience um i was like so for me going on i was like tonally and i think everybody kind of agreed it was like tonally we're like we didn't want something that was exceptionally heavy even though you know as you go throughout the story you start getting into you know like abuse and you start getting into grooming and like you start getting you know like and you know deeply inappropriate sexual romantic relationships like there's surprisingly a lot of like pretty heavy serious topics that get addressed but i think tonally it was the matter of like you know look we're not we're not making the movie seven we're not making the show ozark like there's some heavy stuff in here but we don't want to treat it you know we don't want to treat it lightly we also don't want to be like overly saturate everybody and they're like wow things suck everything sucks like there is a certain kind of lightheartedness to things there's a certain kind of fun to things um and i think that's also important to find that balance of things have to be lighthearted and fun so that when you get to the heavy stuff it's it very much feels like a jarring offset it's like you need to go like hey she's being groomed hey she's being sexually abused hey she's being kidnapped and held against her will well that impact i think only works if Prior to that, you see teenagers being teenagers and screwing around in the mall and being goofy and having like a lot of fun with things or, you know, being at the fair, like you need to have some of that offset stuff to make the heavier stuff to land without making it feel too heavy. Then you're like, well, that's a different, that's just a different show then. Yeah. And it's, um, but it, it does that without ever being insulting to the subject matter on one way or the other. Sure. Yeah. Because you can you can either play it too light and not give it the weight that it deserves, but you can also overdo it where it's uh, okay. Hang on. We're stopping the show. Uh, now there's a moment where we're going to, everybody learns a very important lesson. Let's all get up on our soapbox and let's talk for a few minutes about this important. Yeah. yeah. And because at the end of the day is this is, this is entertainment um, even though it is handling some pretty he- you know heavy subjects, but I think that it does it in a way that it's not insulting and yet it's not preachy at the same time. That that's tough to do. Um, that that right there. I, that's, yeah. That's I, I hope that people appreciate. And you know, there's probably people that are 12, 13 years old that are seeing this uh, for the first time. This is something that they're watching, and they have no idea how special this is. Probably to have something like yeah. This. So oh, that's great. Yeah, it, it's interesting because I think that was. Um, Although never spoken in that those direct terms, I feel like every day that was you know between the cast and the directors and our producers, that was a constant balance of trying to find like all right, we need to 
treat this seriously, um, but also like not not go too heavy handed on it. Like it's find that back, like you said, it's like find that that tightrope balance of don't go too far this way, don't go too far that way. Cause it, you know, when you're when you're dealing, I think, with what's fundamental on paper, you go, okay, it's a teenage thriller drama. You know, it takes place in high school in the 90s. You know, you're like <laughs> this show I think could have very easily turned into you know, turned into something that's like over the top melodrama or something that's super lighthearted that has no emotional stakes to it. So I think everybody going in was like, yeah, we, it could very easily be one of those shows. Um, not, not to speak ill of those types of shows, but, um, but I think everybody was conscious of like, yeah, we don't, we don't really want to make that version. We want to make something that's tougher. We want to make something that's a little challenging. We want to make something that tries to find a balance and be something that's, kind of uniquely its own while still being familiar enough that people aren't totally thrown by it. Um, yeah. I think that's part of the reason why I say, or why I said earlier, why I'm kind of surprised. I was like, you know, every day I'm like, I think this is working, but I'm not really, you know, so every time you see an episode, you're like, Oh no, it's still working. And I, yeah, that was like basically five months of going, I think this is working. I hope this is working. I'm not sure if it's working. Oh, it is working. Okay, great. Well, and I think that people that are our age, I'm 44. Um, when you're watching this for the first time, there is a little bit where we might give it a little bit of a pass at first because there's the nostalgia angle, which is so strange to think of 1994 as this. You and me both, buddy. (laughs) And so, and then I did not think of this as a period show (laughs) until I was like, oh, the night, like, I I can tell you the reason when I, when it dawned on me was when one of her cast members was standing there like they're like I don't know is this like is this is this outfit appropriate like I just don't know and I was like I was like it's very appropriate like are you sure I was like I was in high school as the actual age that your character is playing in this year that you're playing it so trust me yes that outfit's appropriate and they're like oh wow and in my head I was like oh it's, wow I'm making a period the, show <laughs> the, the the two friends I, I I can't remember their names offhand that um, kind of transition between the two that turn their backs on either set of friends. Um, they see the two oh, Renee, yeah. Thank you. They're the ones that yeah. definitely wear the burden of the fashion of the time more than probably oh, yeah, yeah. else in the show. Yeah. And but everything they're wearing, it's like, yep, yeah, I, I remember that. God. A lot of flannel. Yeah, the flannel phase. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, but I mean, that's, that's also, I, I think that's part of the fun too is, is the, um, it's interesting because, you know, there's definitely a nostalgia aspect of it. You're like, yeah. oh, isn't that cute? Like, you know, like a, a Walkman, you know, like that's, you know, isn't that adorable? And, um, but I mean, really, I think also the 90s, I think a big part of the 90s that also helped, it was, it was an interesting concept was um, it, this show kind of, to a certain extent, only exists in that time period. Because the minute you take the same story and jump it forward 10 years, you're like cell phones, like this None of this, like suddenly this show, like the dynamics of how this show works and the information gets relayed completely changes 10 years later. Um, so I think it's, there's definitely like a certain, like you can latch onto a certain kind of nostalgia where for our age, we're like, oh, we can recognize that. And I think for a younger audience, it's like, oh, the nineties, you know, isn't that, you know, isn't that quaint, you know, <laughs> like they had a Walkman, you know, or they had like a VHS camera, you know? Um, yeah. But I think it's also like, obviously there's a major story point, story point there, which is, yeah, take the story, jump it forward, you know, 10 years or so. And suddenly you don't have a show or you have a very different or a much shorter show. Well, I think you can referring to the nineties as quaint. I, I would have 
thought that would never happen having lived through it. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, was it two days ago? I was, um, I was actually out in public, which is wonderful that you can do that again and walking around with yeah. other people. And I saw a teenager with a tie dyed Nirvana shirt on. It's like, Oh yeah, I, mm-hmm. I guess that is how that's viewed now. Um, okay. All right. F- fair enough. That, that's really exactly. Cool. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, oh, these are now these are now like antiques, you know, or relics. Um, it was interesting, too, because the show, I mean, every, you know, again, it was a real challenge for, like, you know, our costume department. Because suddenly like, oh, we have to source or make, you know, clothes that are time appropriate, but feel new and don't feel like, you know, they're, they're clothes that have actually been around for 25 some odd years. Um, strangely, one of the biggest challenges for the show in terms of time period were picture vehicles, right? Cars. Yeah. Because, you know, for us, you're like, oh, okay, we need time appropriate cars. You're like, well, if the show takes place in 93, you know, assuming, you know, even if they don't have a brand new car, go, okay, you know, let's say the model's 1990. You're like, oh, we're now trying to find a car that is cars that are 30 years old, still running, but don't look like they're 30 years old. Um, that actually proved to be a real big challenge in the show. Because we could only find a select number of oh, cars. That's hilarious. Um, so it became again. It's like these little things you never think about. And it's like so. It's actually, if you, um, I'm not sure if I should share this, but uh, if you go back and watch the show, start watching carefully, you'll notice you'll start to see certain. If you if you start really paying attention to the background, you'll start seeing the same cars getting shuffled in different orders because we had so few cars we could source. <laughs> That makes, God, you know, that that's one of those things that you wouldn't think of in setting this. Exactly. Because, because it's the cars that would, that are from 30, 40 years ago, you know, that are going to be still, God, I mean, the nineties themselves, cars just, it was kind of a bad period for cars anyway, the late eighties, early exactly, 90s. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, you know, the Mustangs were horrible at that point in time, but not every kid yeah. had those cars. Uh, so, yeah. you know, realistically when i was in high school we were driving chevy chevettes from like the mid 80s yep. and stuff like that and you nail it yep. with the minivan and, and and that's what i'm saying is like you know we're used to going like oh we're driving cars from the mid to late 80s so you know you're going like great we've got cars we're now looking for cars that are 30 who's, plus years old who's gonna which have that anybody that ha- exactly well anybody who has those cars they've you know they're like oh this is you know an antique now you're like damn it that's an that is that's an antique car now that's a that's a 35 year old car yeah um my, yeah my so it's like night. it's it just think it's, it's interesting like, you don't think of the show as a period show but you go oh yeah the early 90s that's 25 years ago we are making essentially we're making a period piece which you know again i i it's a testament to such a great crew because everybody was firing all kind of cylinders you know, but you stand on set sometimes and you're like, oh no, we're making a period film. Like you don't think of it, you know, you think of period film as like, you know, costume dramas, you know, like in the 1400s or something. You're like, that's a period film. Sure. This had all the same challenges of like wardrobe and hairstyles and props, you know, same thing. Like you get to props, like, oh, they're having dinner. You're like, oh, we need yes. cookware. That's 35, 40 years old. Like those are Either, you know, if you're lucky, those are like a Salvation Army or like you have to manufacture those things. Like we got, it was really interesting during prep. I was like, oh, we, our crew, like everybody on the show was just so great. And you're like, oh, we're, yeah, everybody, we're making a period film or period show. That's hilarious. That I, And it's something that kind of like everything else in the show, if you're not paying attention to it, you can take this show for granted. And that's what's so 
really unique and special about this. You know, you think of a costume drama, period piece show. If you think of, I mean, even something that, you know, kind of is in that campy, slightly trashy way. If you think of something like Outlander, that's going to draw attention to itself because of what they're trying Mm -hmm. to do, the work that's going on there. And it's not that there isn't as much work being done on a show like yours. It's just, it doesn't call attention to itself in the same way. And so I think it could get overlooked. Which I'm also, I mean, frankly, I'm grateful for. Like I, um, I mean, I think the minute you, if you, I feel like, you know, I mean, this is a broad stroke issue, but I, I think if you're paying attention to things like that, mm. then I feel like either as, as storytellers, you're leaning into the spectacle and showing off a little bit, um, which, you know, sometimes we do, um, or it's because your story or performances or characters are just not that compelling. So suddenly you're like, oh, if this isn't compelling, then people are going to try to find something else to get invested in. So if anything, I, I'm grateful you know, when people are like, oh, I never thought about it that way, or I never noticed these things. I'm like, great, you shouldn't notice them. Because if you're not noticing them, that means that we've done something right. So you can just get invested in story and character. So like that's a great thing as far as I'm concerned. Like I'm grateful when people are go, oh, I never noticed that. I'm like, good. And that means we did our job and we just we hit and like my job is to try to as much as possible try to hide my work in the background. I think that's what all of our jobs are. Like you should see a set, not you know, if you look and go like oh, that's an amazing piece of furniture. You're like, oh, okay, then we're probably doing something wrong or there's something wrong with the show. Like nobody should notice those things. They should be invested in the story. So I'm, uh, I, I take that as a, a great compliment that nobody notices those types of things. Well, and it's something that I'm, people that I watch far more television and film than most the average person. And I'm sure um, I take an analytic approach to viewing things and, when I can get wrapped up in something and lose that train and not see those things, even though I'm intentionally looking for it, I'm looking for camera setups and I'm watching the way that you're approaching different characters. And if you're trying to tell me something through, whether you're going handheld or you're putting it on sticks, if you're trying to tell me something through that, I'm paying attention to that. And I'm trying to see that. And when I lose that, that real, if I'm just that wrapped up in it, that's a great sign to me. And, and the vast majority of the time I'm just watching this show, but then there's these times where I'm like, Oh, Oh, that was clever. Look what they did. You know, I think of the fair, the carnival sequence in that. That's a beautiful episode. I mean, there's so Thank much you. great imagery in there. And, and again, it's going to, it's something that you're jumping. It's not only are you jumping styles um, for each year, but then each time of that year that you're going into it's each season seems to have its own style as well. So you're, progressing the style as it moves on and it's really something that's quite special thank you yeah yeah no and i appreciate yeah there's um uh yeah there was a lot of like during prep we again there was like so many discussions about what the different like looks would be the different styles um just the the different approaches to work it wasn't just you know it's like it was lighting it was color and it was uh camera movement and composition what types of camera movement we kind of came up with the whole I guess a visual Bible, so to speak of like, look, these are the broad rules. Like in this year, you know, this year we'll have, you know, can have handheld this year. We won't do any handheld this year. We'll try to do almost no camera movement at all. Like we had certain visual cues designated for each year. And then as the show started progressing, the further, the deeper we got into the show, then it became like, okay, now we have opportunities to start. We have opportunities to start violating some of our own rules and start crossing certain things in. Like I, I think in the finale, um, we started doing some handheld stuff in the 1995 scenes um, that 
we had never done, you know, like handheld was, was kind of, we were like, we're not doing any handheld frame of the 1995 scenes. And it wasn't until the finale, like the director and I, Bill Purple, who's also a producing director, you were like, okay, yeah, but this is, you know, narratively, this is starting to tie into a different type of energy here. So now narratively, we should start taking rules and going, let's break these rules or let's cross these rules over. Um, or let's start taking 95 sections to start adding some more warmth back into them as we start to get more of a sense of hope because we haven't had any kind of warmth to anything since since the, uh, 1993. So there was a lot of, you know, every episode I had like all these different flow charts of like, all right, so we're, this scene is this year and editorially it's going to cut to this year. So there's a lot of discussion about like, yeah, it's going to cut from this shot to this shot. That's how we're going to make this transition. And then color-wise, wardrobe-wise, you know, lighting-wise, there was just a lot of there's a lot of discussion during prep and on set about, well, hold on, we actually can't block the scene that way because it's gonna the scene that comes right before it is gonna be this. So actually, we should block the scene this way to to make that jump between these two time periods smoother for the audience. Um, and for the most part, I, I think we we're largely successful. And a lot of it's invisible, I, I hope. And then sometimes, yeah, there are absolutely moments where like, okay no, this is definitely something like we're going to, we're going to make a moment out of this. I mean, like the finale uh, is a great example. And the finale, you know, there's something in the a sequence in the finale. We're like, no, no, we're going to make, we're going to wear this transition very much on our sleeve. <laughs> but it was, it was interesting because yeah, there was a discussion about like, is it too heavy handed? And our, you know, our argument to that was it's exceptionally heavy. It's very, I mean, it's a very big, very obvious thing, but also it's, story point that we've been teasing for for the entire season like this you know like this is a story point reveal that we're like look we've made people wait you know nine episodes for the answer to this question and we're about to answer you know who is annabelle what really happened like we're about to answer all these questions in this scene so yeah we're going to lean into it and go here's the big moment and we want to make sure you're we want to make sure you're paying attention so you don't miss anything um, and again, it's great. Like we can go like, okay, we'll be subtle, we'll be subtle, we'll be subtle. And here's a moment we've earned. I think we've earned the right in some moments to go, we're not going to be subtle and we're not going to be subtle for a, a very specific story reason, not just to show off and go, oh, isn't this cool and fun? Well, when you're being intentional with a big swing like that, the audience will go along with you. If you're taking that yeah. big a swing over small minor moments, the audience you, you have no regulation. You have no self-control in that way. You're not being thoughtful in it. And the audience will push back against it because we have this big push towards something. It's almost like when you get to the third act of a horror film, and I'm, I'm a big genre guy, I love horror films. Sure. But when you get to the third act and all it's had is jump scares and no character, there's not, there's not a, lot of, a lot of fuel left in the tank at that point. Yeah. You've been burned and, out on it. And at that point, it's it's one, you're like, oh, it's another jump scare. So you've already burned out that tactic. But also, more importantly, you're like, I'm actually not scared because I don't care about these people. <laughs> yeah. And that's for yeah. me, that's always like for you know, my wife is a huge fan, a huge fan of that genre. Um, and so we watch them quite frequently. And we were just watching a couple the other day. And, and I was like, oh, I'm really invested in this because the filmmaking is clever. But also, I, was like, I actually care about the characters. So there's like an emotional stake at the end where like there is a jump scare. You're like, oh, it's scary because I care about these characters as opposed to, oh, that's the blonde guy or that, you know, that's this is generic blonde guy. Like, I don't care about that person. Um, and actually, it's interesting, kind of piggyback what you just said. Um, again, I think, yeah, I think when you, I think there's also some of that is when you make big swings for things that aren't that important, 
for me, and I'm getting, I'm going to only speak for myself. Um, cause look, I'm guilty. Like we're all guilty of doing that in our work at some point. Sometimes I feel like when I, if there's an inclination or there's like a, Oh, let's do this thing that feels, you know, stylistic or feels big or bold for something so small. In my opinion, I've always, I've usually found it to be because we have a, a lack of faith in the material where you look and go like, look, the, this scene is not very good, you know, or this scene's just not working or, you know, this character, this performance, if it's a movie, sometimes it's like the entire movie. We just don't have a lot of faith in like, so I think sometimes it's when you have concerns or lack of, of confidence or faith in something, you're like, all right, maybe we need to dress it up a little bit. Um, I think that's all I, you know, that goes into the whole thing of like you know, unmet, unmotivated camera movement. You know, it's like, well, yeah. you know, this scene is not very interesting. Well, let's, let's move the camera. You're like, okay, we're moving the camera. There's no reason. Oh, no, the reason is because the scene is boring or we don't have faith that the audience is willing to just sit here and watch this. Um, and yeah, so that was another big thing. It was like uh, on Cruel Summer, it was like every time we talked about doing camera movement, it was like, no, let's let's all take a moment and go, why are we moving the camera? If there's a story purpose, if there's a narrative purpose, if there's a, you know, if it's a blocking thing, like we have to go with, you know, from point A to point B, that makes sense. But if it's like, well, let's just do this cool move. It's like, well, no, it's, if we feel the need to do a cool move, then it means something else is not working and we're trying to cover it up. So let's not cover it up. Let's actually solve what the actual issue is. Um, it's something I'm really grateful for, for the show is like, there was never, there's very little, very rarely was ever a discussion about like, let's just arbitrarily move the camera because there was a lot of faith in the material we're making. Well, I mean, you could take the two extreme examples of, and I'm only going to put these next to each other because just for the exact purpose of pointing something out. Um, if you look at the camera movements in a Michael Bay movie versus something like my dinner with Andre, um, there, mm probably in the opening sequence of any one of his films within 30 seconds, it moves more than anything in that film. And yet you'll never have that same kind of investment in those characters that you would in the latter film, just because you don't spend that kind of time, but he's also not trying to make that movie and that's okay. He's doing a very specific yeah. thing and that's fine. It's um, there's some people that believe that the style is substance. I, I tend to fall on the other side where I prefer story I, i'd much rather have a, either a compelling narrative or at the very least compelling probably more compelling characters and it sounds like you're in the same page and the people at cruel it's interesting too it, it's interesting side note i think this may be the only time i've ever heard those two filmmakers put together in the same conversation so kudos <laughs> to that um uh slow clap um but uh by the way i really want to see michael bay remake that movie now because that i would definitely watch i'd be fascinated by that um <laughs> But I, um, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I have a, I mean, look, like I have a soft spot for like Michael Bay movies. Um, where, I mean, I think we could have an argument. You know, there's a lot of discussion, I think, about, you know, like style as substance. Um, I think some, what I enjoy about a Michael, maybe, a Michael Bay movie is, is one, I mean, as a filmmaker, I can watch those and go, there is an enormous amount of work and skill and talent. You know, like that, like the type of things he does, right? That is exceptionally complicated. So from from just that point of view, I can definitely appreciate them. For me, I go, yeah, sometimes, you know, it's like I, you know. So 